Um, how do we want to do this? So I'll just, I'll just, I'll just uh, spitball it. Let's just, just let's go. Just drop me a beat. <laughs> You're good at that. Thanks. United by Pops, technically second episode of Fandemonium, because two years ago, when I was in grad school and forced to do an episode of a podcast, I started this by interviewing a couple of like Harry Styles super fans, thinking that I would continue this series as interviews with super fans, but it's now been two years since episode one, so here we are in episode two. We are the co-owners of United by Pop, and we are going to be doing this hopefully on a regular basis because what else do we have to do we're quarantined i mean let's be real we have nothing to do you have nothing to do let's just sit down listen get a drink and have some fun i especially have nothing to do as i was laid off from my job beloved job miss it so much job in radio Verity, <laughs> however is still working um at a label as a marketer we are so proud of her she technically lives in london but has gone back home with the parents to you know hibernate throughout this terrible time i live south of boston with my parents as well um you know radio don't pay didn't give me a chance to move out now i don't got a job at all music don't pay at all but anyways (laughs) you know we wanted to um, put a podcast together where we talk about stuff we like, stuff we don't like, do a little funny stuff. Got a challenge for you coming later. So anyways, let's dive right in. <laughs> Hello, mate. Hello. <laughs> God, my hands. Oh, so dry. All right good to go whenever you are how do we want to kick this off um should we just start talking about never have i ever yeah did you finish never have i ever i finished it before you babe i don't think you did i think i did (laughs) i started watching that show at midnight on (laughs) monday or tuesday night when i couldn't sleep and i watched like four episodes but they're only half hour episodes they're like really fast and then when I woke up the next day, I finished it. <laughs> yeah, that was like one of the biggest binge-worthy shows I've watched in a while. Apart from normal people, which we'll get on to. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, it was so, like, I think because the episodes, I prefer when episodes are only a half an hour. I think an hour is really, really long. I love a half an hour episode because, as you know, my attention span is like a gnat. So, exactly wait do you have gnats do you call them gnats <laughs> yes we have a gnat okay great <laughs> thank you for checking no worries because I know that you don't have certain things out there um but yeah so it was absolutely <laughs> extremely binge watchable for those of us with bug-like attention spans yeah I love it and I also love a program where You can watch it, but also scroll on Instagram at the same time, which is 100% what you can do with that. But, okay, but I don't understand how you don't know who Mindy Kaling is. (laughs) 
Well, look, I don't think this is a reflection of me as a British person. I think this is a reflection of me with um, a mild depression who doesn't (laughs) retain anything in their brain. She could help you through your depression. So wait, no, hang on. You Googled the other things she's been in. Let me... Yeah, pull her up on IMDb and see if you recognise her. See, I recognise her face. She's an icon. The Mindy Project. I'm not sure that was a thing here. Oh, well, that would affect it. Or maybe it was, but I mean, my parents were too cheap to ever have Sky. (laughs) So she was the creative director of Never Have I Ever. Did she write it too? Are you on IMDb? Oh, no, sorry. I got... (laughs) Typical me. I got sidetracked again and I went on her Instagram. (laughs) Oh, she was born in Massachusetts, in Cambridge. We love a Cambridge girl. Uh, She was in The Muppets, for anyone that cares. It doesn't say her... Oh, no, this is her actress credits. That would be why. Producer. Yeah, she produced. Uh, And wrote. Okay. So I think, like, this show, the humour was... Like, I didn't expect that kind of, like, quick, poking fun kind of humour. Mm. that it brought um which I thought was really funny like they had a lot of really good pop culture references like I loved when they were watching Riverdale yeah Yeah. and there were like actual clips of Riverdale because the whole point of it is I mean it's about like the description I IMDb is the complicated life of a modern day first generation Indian American teenage girl inspired by Mindy Kaling's own childhood yeah I think I guess that's pretty accurate yeah, and like when they would, you know, be like eating smart food and watching Riverdale, like you, you just totally, like they, they were no different than you. Mm. So I thought that was really well done. And I mean, I can't speak for an American upbringing, but I thought that was pretty relatable for wherever you are in the world as a teenager, to be honest. Yeah, and but then like you would still get to learn more about like, you know, what it's like being an Indian American mm. teenager and like when she um you know dresses in like their traditional dress and yeah. you know celebrates their like religious holidays and stuff and you get you get to see that side of it too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought it was really cleverly written. Yeah. And I started out like I remember when I first watched some of the episodes, I was like, I love how supportive um the main character's two friends are because like yeah that's like a really common you know setup in teenage tv is like it's always like the group of three friends yeah um but they're usually like unhealthily competitive with each other I feel like Mm. and at least in the beginning of the show like they all um are so supportive and like just like a really good group of friends what what did they call them? That they were the UN, and they thought it was be- it was like a play on because like oh, one's nerds, Asian, yeah. one's black, and one's Indian, but it actually stands for unfuckable nerds. I just really liked how each of them kind of had their own story, and it flowed together so well. Yeah, like obviously you had one of them who was coming out as gay, one of them who was a nerd who kind of wanted to be into acting, but then had mum troubles. Without giving, I don't mm-hmm. want to give away too much, but. Yeah, and can we also please talk about how it's narrated? Because it's absolutely fantastic. Yes, that's a very good point. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe how it's narrated. It's just, wait, what's the guy's name? McEnroe. That's it. 
I don't know. It's like it's like nothing I'd ever heard before. And it just the first episode, I was like, hang on a minute. Why is this guy talking like this? And then I'm just like, it is so weird, but I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, he's like a really famous American tennis player, John McEnroe. And he um, was like always really well known for being like a hothead and like super confrontational. Um, And I think that played into like the main character was also, uh, you know, hotheaded and, you Mm. know, very quick to like speak your mind and, um, you know, without any thought to the consequences. And so they were kind of similar in that way. But then at the beginning, like, I think in the first episode when he starts narrating, he's like, it'll make sense later why I'm narrating. Yeah. But it doesn't really ever make Not perfect really. sense. Like they, when he does show up as himself in the last episode, you're like, oh, okay. Like there he is, but it didn't really like come full circle or anything. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's a program you're not sure about watching, there are a few kind of trigger warnings in it in the sense of kind of parents dying. And I thought it 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 dealt with kind of mental health quite well in the sense of grieving and coping, because obviously you have the sense of Devi, who's the main character and going to counselling and sort of seeing how would you say it reincarnations of her dad as she's going through the grieving process and then also Mm -hmm. her mum sort of her mum trying to get rid of um a scooter which belonged to her husband and getting rid of these material things with without kind of closing that chapter of her life which I think everyone who's had someone close to them pass away can sort of relate to yeah you definitely got to see like different perspectives from the different family members in the grieving process I mean that last episode I think I told you that I cried so hard I almost threw up (laughs) (laughs) I mean obviously I cried at the last episode too um (laughs) might have more to do with like the current state of affairs in the world and how like emotionally um volatile I feel okay I was gonna say unstable (laughs) but I guess yeah that's a better word (laughs) I'm as unstable as a Zoom network connection. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought it was really well done. Um, the one thing I will say is that I don't know. It's like all of these kind of next, oh, Jesus Christ, Netflix and BBC shows and whatever you want to call it. If they do a season two, I feel like mm. it would ruin it. I feel like the way that story was rounded off, this is a massive spoiler alert, but when they're on the beach and, you know, they've made up and they're scattering her dad's ashes. It's just such a nice way to close the show that I almost feel like if it went on from that, it would lose some of the special elements that it had in the first season. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I mean, I think networks and Netflix and all these like content producers, they so badly want to make, I mean, this is like a story like it's oldest time, like, you know, mm. even like Disney always wants to make sequels to movies that just don't need it yeah like it it just the first was great like just just let it be one let it be singular phoebe wallbridge if you're listening to this killing eve season one and two are the best things in my life season three pile of wank just stop it's literally garbage it's crap i'm sorry but it is crap can barely stand it i mean worse for you if you're watching it with commercials yeah, it also has the most commercials of any show I've ever seen in my entire life. Even when we record it on the DVR and try to watch it the next day, like the amount of times I'm like fiddling with the remote, it is not pleasant. 
See, I don't have that here. I'm just watching it on iPlayer with no commercials, but it's just... And you still not like it. It's the same story, isn't it? Villanelle and... This isn't on our agenda. Villanelle and... What's (laughs) her face? What's she called? Eve. Eve. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What's she called? I'm like, Sandra O. What is Sandra O called? (laughs) Um, Yeah, the names of the title, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, Villanelle and Eve, I mean, they're either going to get together or they're not. Um, you know, she's going to continue killing people. Eve is going to continue looking for her. How many more seasons can we drag this out for? I know. And I just like this, I think, have we had three or four episodes this season so far? And I'm like, everything we've seen could have been tackled in about 20 minutes of one episode. Yeah. It has been dragged out so bad. But... Villanelle has a fantastic closet and she looks great. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm watching it. She looks good in anything. Yeah. Even when she was wearing those bloody dungarees and I'd look like a toddler who'd wet themselves and she looked amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is a real skill. <laughs> Honestly. So the other TV show that you wanted to talk about was Normal People, which I have not seen yet, but oh, I've seen a lot of chatter. My God. I think it's on our Hulu. It's on Hulu. So I thought it was a BBC programme that Hulu had taken. To be honest with you, I'm not actually sure what Hulu is. It's got a stupid (laughs) name. It sounds like a hula hoop. Um, Yeah, don't worry about it. (laughs) But my friend Sarah told me that it's actually a Hulu adaptation that the BBC have nicked. So who knows the truth? Not me. Oprah, what is the truth? (laughs) I have not watched a program like that in a long, 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 long time. I was so obsessed with it. I think I watched it in two days, um, which has a lot to be said for when I'm still actually working and I managed to fit in, what is that, 12 hours? Um, (laughs) So these are hour-long episodes. They're hour-long episodes, but honestly, they go by so quick. Um, Yeah. So I guess... How do I describe it? Should I get the blurb up? Yeah, pull up a blurb. Let's go. IMDb. Blurb. Okay, right. So, very short. It follows Marianne and Connell from different backgrounds, but from the same town in Ireland, as they weave in and out of each other's romantic lives. So, it follows them as they go to uni slash college, whatever you want to call it, in a place called Trinity in Dublin. Um, They're from the same small town in Ireland, and they go to the same college university um (laughs) when they're at this um high school beforehand connell is sort of the he's in kind of a cool group of people and marianne is sort of an outcast people don't really talk to her they think she's really kind of snappy and no one really gels with her um they start something up in high school um they have a few little smoochy smoochy kisses um and Connell is so not in touch with his feelings that he kind of blanks her at school people still take the piss out of her um she doesn't really have any friends there then when she moves to Trinity she's from I should say she's from like a rich background as well she moves to Trinity she then kind of finds her own friends that she's comfortable with and kind of becomes the popular person and the roles kind of switch whereas Connell was a lot more in with the cool kids one of the sporty people had a lot of friends 
when he moves to college, he doesn't really have any of that. Um, and he sort of, it's one of those couples who just keep finding themselves together year after year, even with breaks in between, um, which is really frustrating. And you just can't stop watching it. So what I'm trying to say to you here, Jackie, is you need to watch this. I was really in the flow there. I'm so passionate. So what made this show so good to you? Because like, that sounds like, you know, any like rom-com, but this clearly isn't a rom-com. This is... Big sigh. (laughs) I don't know. This is, it's... It's one of the most kind of relatable things that I've watched in a long time. I feel as though this program deals with kind of mental health, which is obviously a big topic at the moment. But, you know, it's not a program sort of like, was Skins big for you? I think we had a different Skins, if I remember correctly. We had American Skins. Okay. Well, it's not kind of a, a Skins for teenagers where it's sort of about drinking and drugs and this is how cool it Mm. is to be a teenager this is more like a this is actually how it is to be a teenager this is how people feel this is how people deal with depression especially in young men if you look at Connell he he doesn't allow himself to show any feelings or emotions or there's one really poignant part in it where they're at a pool party which that does not happen in the UK. Nobody has pools here. <laughs> They're just so rich. They've gone to a pool party. Um, Marianne is sitting at one end of the swimming pool. You know, at no point in this do they even say that they are boyfriend and girlfriend, but they are exclusive. They are in mm-hmm. love. You're rooting for them from the beginning. May I also say that Connell is an absolute 10 out of 10 wood bang. Um you may say that, yes. <laughs> he is so shy that he doesn't want to show any public displays of affection. When they're around their friends, they don't even hold hands, they don't do anything, they're just, you know, they're mates together. And there's this one part where he swims up to her, gets up out of the pool, sits next to her, and puts his arm around her. And you just you have to watch this. I haven't watched a programme in so long that really it's the nail on the head with kind of dealing with depression at that age and what it's actually like, you know, it's not going out into the park every night and drinking half a bottle of vodka and, you know, doing whatever it is. You're silently brooding, getting on with your university work and trying to process all of this stuff that just doesn't make sense. Is he like a little bit fuckboyish, or, or do we like him? No, not at all. No, he's not like that. He's, you know, he openly says to Marianne that he's in love with her. Um, they just kind of, life gets in the way and then one person goes away. And at one point, Connell has to move back to home, like in with his parents over summer because his job, he gets let go from his job because they're refurbishing the restaurant. Um, and he says to her, he's kind of like, well, you know, I need to move home. So I understand if you need to see other people. And there's just so many different kind of examples of miscommunication within it mm. where they're not being kind of open with each other and saying, you know, like, why don't you move in with me instead? Because they just don't know how to process things and be around each other. So because he's then moved home, he gets another girlfriend, she gets another boyfriend. And it's, 
you know, these things just keep happening to get in the way of them. It's a, it's very frustrating. I can't tell you the ending, but <laughs> and I haven't read the book. I've ordered the book off Amazon, but I haven't read it. But I've been told that they haven't changed much from it and it's an excellent adaptation. That's good. That's rare. And if you needed another kind of push to watch it, Niall Horan loves it. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, that's the only recommendation you need. You know, I think I've also heard people comparing Connell to Niall, probably. <gasps> Was that me? Because they're Irish. Oh my God, the accent. The accent. It's just. Oh my god! After watching it, you'll want to cut a fringe in and then find yourself <laughs> your Connell because that's what I'm gonna do. I'm on IMDb and it lists plot keywords, mm-hmm. and so the first one is based on a novel. Yeah, not no surprise there. And then male frontal nudity, male nudity, male rear nudity, and female nudity are all of the other plot keywords. So you will see a bit of pain boobies and bush in it i will say damn see we don't get that a lot over here you know there is a lot of sex scenes in it which i'm not uh, you know i enjoyed i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah um which is probably not good for lockdown for those people who are you know staying away from their partners um i think it's great for lockdown (laughs) (laughs) i've been watching a few um interviews with I think the actors are called Daisy and Paul. The guy's definitely called Paul because I followed him on Twitter because delish. Yes, Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar-Jones. Yeah, so I've been watching a few interviews with them um, and, you know, the sex was a big talking point on um, social media just because, naturally, I mean, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of it. <laughs> um, probably don't watch it with your parents um but it's just so well done I mean like (laughs) there's a part in it where they're getting it on and he kind of readjusts himself um as you do you're just like how the hell because obviously you know it happens how the hell did they do that looking so real (laughs) and yeah I watched a few interviews with them and I just ship them together in real life as well um and they were saying how you know it took a lot of um kind of there's different people on set who help them who come and sort of like spray them with water so it looks like they're sweaty from sex and different stuff like that imagine that being your job right sorry I'm actually a sex sweat sprayer (laughs) um (laughs) yeah when he readjusted himself and their bodies moved Um, it made a massive fart sound um, and all of the crew thought one of them had farted um, and then basically neither one of them laughed because they wasn't sure if either one of them had actually done it Um, but yeah it sounds like they had a great time (laughs) oh my god yeah I just haven't really seen chemistry like that on set and I don't know I just it was one of those programs where you can really relate and I just think there are a lot of programs out there that sort of say that they have mental health that in their best interest and sort of depression in younger people. But I really don't think it portrays it very well. Um, and this was one of those programs where I thought, do you know what? 
after immediately finishing it, I wanted to watch it again. You know what show maybe was one of the worst portrayals of mental health ever, but is still fantastic? And I happen to know that you have been rewatching it lately. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes. Gossip Girl. (laughs) Gossip Girl. (laughs) I was actually going to message you about this last night because... So I've started from the beginning because I just thought, well, why the hell not? Um, And it's got to the part where, what's Blair's mum called? Eleanor. Eleanor. Um, It's got to the part where Eleanor is hosting a Thanksgiving dinner. Um, She hasn't told Blair that her dad's not coming back. Um, And then we kind of get flashbacks of kind of Blair's eating disorder Um, And she kind of sends her up to her room and says, you know, you can pick any dessert that you want. And then it kind of leads on from there with her, you know, eating the pie. And then the rest is, as they say, history Um, with all of those kind of triggers and stuff. But there's so many different things in that program, which are just so. I mean, I don't I don't think you could actually show something like that nowadays. No, I mean, the season one. I believe is from 2007 Mm. and I mean even like Serena's brother Eric's like whole storyline about you know hurting himself and then ending up in like a you know treatment center and the mom is trying to hide him and telling people that he's just like out visiting his family I forget what the lie was yeah Mm -hmm. I mean that's isn't that where we all go when we're (laughs) no (laughs) um but it's just like it's unbelievable. And then like Serena's substance abuse issues. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anybody ever claimed that Gossip Girl was trying to um, shed light on real mental health issues yeah. or was like, you know, a great influence. <laughs> but oh my God, no, it would not fly today. No way. I mean, I guess you could also put the case forward that the people portrayed in that are so stinkingly rich that could we ever actually relate to them anyway? Probably not. No, and when I moved to the Upper East Side um, of New York City for a summer, listen, it was not fancy. I lived in a shoebox with where no sunlight came in because the windows looked out on the brick wall next door, (laughs) and you had to clean the shower before you showered. Yeah, the shower was so freaking gross. Um, (laughs) I watched Gossip Girl before I went to like get me in the right headspace for living in the Upper East Side, (laughs) and they. Um, they live a little differently than uh, you or I, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely hard to relate. I mean, we can live in hope. Yeah, but the one thing that Gossip Girl absolutely did have going for it was a banging soundtrack. Yes, right. I need to Google this right this second because I, I know... pulled it up on, <gasps> on a tune find and there actually are Spotify playlists of it too. Oh, I need to subscribe. Um, I mean, the very first episode, like, it doesn't, I don't know if it sounds so groundbreaking when you read these song titles, but these songs weren't big yet. Like, it really, you know, brought them to light. Like, what goes around comes around interlude from Timberlake. Justin, I don't know why we're on just like a last name basis there. Justin Timberlake. Um, What else is in here? There's some Timbaland, Akon, Angels and Airwaves. Just oh, in the yeah. first episode, just in the pilot. Yeah, I'm looking at this uh, episode two now. Shut up and drive, Rihanna. Fantastic. 
There's um, a lot of Rihanna in this, yeah. This this was what made me message you about it before. Gym class, gym class heroes. heroes. Yeah. What happened to gym class heroes? And that even today, that sounded so good. Ugh, their music was fantastic. Is there a program now that is like that, showcasing songs? Because, I mean, over here we had Made in Chelsea, which was kind of famous for being a platform for songs like that. And then, you know, we had Love Island, which is unfortunately not a thing this year, which also is kind of a massive springboard for different artists. But Yeah, I mean, I think people here have heard of Love Island because I think the extreme popularity in the UK carried over here. And I think they tried to make like an American Love Island. But I mean you actually we have a friend who works on the music on Long Island Long Island. <laughs> Love Island. <laughs> and um knows just how you know impactful that can be as a platform to break our new artists. Yeah. Uh, but I'm trying to think if we have an American show like that. I mean I know like Netflix has a whole like music supervision division that's like extremely powerful there must be something I mean the only thing I'm thinking of that is semi like Love Island was the Netflix show Too Hot to Handle which was just on which obviously I watched because I love trash Um, I know that's (laughs) not your bag but I mean I watched it and I can't remember any of the songs on it like they didn't have an impact on me Whereas no, I, I didn't watch that. after watching, you know, a few Gossip Girl episodes, I was like, oh, my God, this slaps. I don't think The Bachelor has music, really. Oh, sorry. Either. Just looking at this episode two, I got it from my <laughs> mama, Will I Am. Oh, it's so good. So good. So good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really can't think. Oh, Tambourine okay. Eve. Oh. <laughs> There is no show like this anymore. Sean Kingston, beautiful girls. Oh my god, I love Sean Kingston. I'm sorry, the late 2000s were just a phenomenal time for music. Oh my god. I will fight anyone who disagrees. Um, Not only do we not have any shows currently that break music the way that Gossip Girl did then, we don't have anything recording at all because all of Hollywood is shut down because of the coronavirus and I feel like Nobody is thinking about the fact that that means soon when they wrap up editing and releasing everything that was filmed last year, Mm -hmm. we're just going to have an unbelievable dearth of new releases. Yeah. And so thank God our Lord and Savior Taylor Swift had the foresight because the woman is always a hundred steps ahead of the rest of us to record her. Praise be, Tay-Tay. She recorded her performance in Paris from last fall and is now going to release it to us on tv as a little concert to get us through the rona so this was also interesting what i thought about so previously hasn't tate only done stuff with netflix yeah this one is a swerve isn't it so if you remember we had the was it the reputation tour was on netflix plus miss americana yeah, they were both netflix you're right and now she's swerved, and this one is on the old Disney Plus. Yeah, so on TV, TV for us super old school people who also still get cable because we live with our parents. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't relate. Uh, I'm still there. <laughs> well, semi. I can watch it live on ABC on TV 
on I think it's May 16th oh, before no I don't like that I want to watch it together well I don't know if it's going to go up on Disney plus at the exact same time it goes Disney plus the next day oh I'll just have to FaceTime you in or something we were actually supposed to be having two nights of Lover Fest, weren't we? <laughs> yes. Oh, no. We had tickets to Lover Fest East both nights. Yep, we did. Um, Rip. I'm going to fly out to you and have a little celebration, but the old Rona has put a postponement on that. Um, yeah. Extra grateful now that we'll at least get to see a little bit of it on TV. Yeah. So isn't this gig, um, the one she filmed in Paris was the first concert that she did for to showcase some lover songs, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't even honestly know that this concert happened, I don't think. I mean, call me a fake fan, but I, I missed it. vaguely remember something about it. I mean, I, I didn't um, know she performed any lover stuff yet. I thought that she was saving that for the summer. I don't know... I mean, it's not going to be a full album, a, a full concert of Lover Stuff, is it? Surely. She wouldn't have yeah. been like, here's every single song off my new album. Wish it was, though. Wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that they called it City of Lover. I think that is so clever. Very clever, isn't it? Oh, the wordplay. The respect. We love her. Just, uh, is it you, Taylor? Is it all your ideas? Is it the team you've got behind you? Whatever it is, I want to know the secret. Give me the rest. You know, it's her. She is definitely the main brain. She's fantastic. Big fan. Goddamn genius. So, my friend Verity, I yes. want to challenge you <laughs> to. Oh. I want to challenge you to an old school accent challenge. All right, you know I'll smash this because Verity is from. What you call it? The southeast England. <laughs> Yes, the southeast, yeah. And I am from southeastern New England. Look at that. Wow. It's like it was made to be. So we say some shit different. So I'm going to spell the word. Right. And then you're going to say the word, and then I'm going to say the word. So I just you want me to say it in my normal accent? <laughs> yes, please. Do you know, I'm quite disappointed because from, you know, we wrote the agenda. I thought it was going to be something like, I want you to say... <laughs> I thought this was going to be a Jesse from Little Mix thing all over again, and I'd have to go, Molly Egg <laughs> At some point, you can use your Valley Girl accent if you want. Uh, no, that's Jamaican. Molly Egg I know that, but uh, your, your oh. winning accent is your Valley Girl right. accent. And Cornish, but continue. Yes. All right, so here we go. We'll just have some more rum. Hang on. Yep. A U N T. A oh aunt. Oh god, I forgot you can't spell. <laughs> so here we say ant a lot. Ant. As in ant, as in the animal. Yeah. But as in like my aunt Claudia. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's like I don't know if it's like more of a Massachusetts thing because when my mom, who grew up in New York, heard her children saying Aunt Claudia, she was like, What? in god's name is wrong with you children it's aunt <laughs> i say aunt yeah what about do you do you just say aunt or do you say auntie i do not say auntie okay so we say auntie and also 
it can be spelt two different ways here as well, which is always confusing. So you can do the A-U-N-T-I-E or A-U-N-T-Y. Mm. I mean, what is right and what is wrong? Who knows? The I-E is cuter coming from someone with an I-E first name. I mean, I usually spell it I-E, but when I get Auntie Harris to me, it's with a Y. Auntie Harris. Anyway, that's irrelevant. Okay, next. R-O-U-T-E. Root. Oh, so we say root too, but we're the only yeah, ones in the uh, country. The rest of the rest of the country says route. I fucking hate when people say route. It really, <laughs> it really annoys me. Do people in your country say route? No, only you Americans. It must be like me because we are, you know, England's first baby that it's stuck here. Okay, so my next word is I almost said it out loud. T h e a t r e. No, I didn't get that. Say that again. <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that you say. T h e a t r e. I can't do it. T h e a t r e. Oh, theater. The theater, darling. Are you joking? <laughs> About it being my favorite thing that you said. Theater. The theater. <laughs> theater. <laughs> this is right, this is the main difference between you and I. I pronounce a T whereas you pronounce it a D. Theater. Water. Yeah, you're like, right. Like, like water. <laughs> My favorite thing is when I took you to the like the like a really like hole in the wall pizza joint and she ordered a water and the woman was like what? What? It was like, you what? not understand it at all. It was like water. Water. <laughs> and instead no of idea. helping, instead of helping, you just sit there and laugh. Yeah, that's true. I think at the end of my dad was like, water! Yeah, your dad got so angry and he was just like, water. Oh my god. Okay. Next word. C-A-R-A-M-E-L. Caramel? Caramel. Oh, I love a caramel. So you would never say caramel? No. Oh, no. Caramel. <laughs> You're missing out a letter. That's like a, a frequent like US fight is if it's caramel or caramel. I guess they say caramel. I don't know. Caramel. <laughs> See, you don't even know anymore. I don't know what I say. No, no idea. What about a caramel M&M? Oh, they're banging. They are. I have a whole pack of those in the garage right now in quarantine. <laughs> Can't well, wait to hit that. Okay, ready? P E C A N. Oh, right. Well, I don't really say this word because I don't like nuts, but I guess I'd say P. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Would I say pecan? Yeah, I'd probably say pecan, whereas you'd say pecan, pecan right? But I, w- I wouldn't really. I would say like a, a pecan pie, a pecan pie. See, this is, I mean, you're the wrong, you're asking the wrong person because I wouldn't ever say that word. Yeah. I don't like nuts. You're talking to somebody who has a deadly nut allergy. Absolutely. Do you know what? Nuts can just get in the bin. Like, why are they here? This is a no nut zone, this podcast. Yeah. Unfortunately, all varieties. All right. I didn't know that people can say this word differently than other people, but it's one of your favorite things on this planet. So let's go. Oh. No. <laughs> M-A-Y-O-N-N-A-I-S-E. Oh, 
The holy mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. I think you, you get the O in there more than I do. Wait, how do you say it? Mayonnaise. We say it the same, mayonnaise. No, so you've got mayonnaise. <laughs> well, most of the time I just say mayo. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck mayonnaise, who said that? Oh, bloody love it. Best condiment, actually. All right, how about P-Y-J-A-M-A-S? Pajamas. Pajamas. <laughs> Pajamas. Pajamas. I think that the, actually the thing that you and I used to compare the difference to with pajamas was that you spell it P-Y and I would spell it P-A. P-A, yeah. Yeah, pajamas. Pajamas. Do you know what my mum my mom calls pajamas? What? Jim jams. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but I've actually... I've never heard anyone else call them gym jams. <laughs> so that could just be like a weird thing. What about um, the kind of foil you wrap leftover pizza in? Oh, I hate how you say aluminium. Aluminum? I hate that. You got, But you actually spell that differently too. Do we? Yeah, you have I-U-M at the end. Inium. Well, why don't we just call it... Well, do you know what? We don't actually call it aluminium foil here. We just say tin foil. Yeah, and we say tin foil too. Oh, okay. So you but would also say... aluminium foil. No, you would. <laughs> you would say, I'm going to wrap that in aluminium foil. Yeah. Whereas but but I... tin foil would also be equally as acceptable. Oh, right. I would say, oh, I'll, I'll put that in tin foil. I wouldn't ever say aluminium foil. Well, I'm looking at the rest of the words on this. I'm pretty sure we say them all the same. Worcestershire sauce? <laughs> you know we know how to say Worcester here. We have a Worcester. <laughs> all right. The very last one. The mecca of the accent chal- challenge. 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 <laughs> S-Q-U-I-R-R-E-L. Oh, I don't want to say it. Now, I would just like to point out that we actually knew this difference before it went viral with Tan from Queer Eye. Yeah, Um, we we had definitely remarked on this before because it's hilarious. Years. Years. I mean, they they stole it from us. Basically, yeah. Um, So, obviously, the correct way to say that word is squirrel. Squirrel. (laughs) Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> a what? It's one one syllable. No. Squirrel. No. Squirrel. It, how how? If it was pronounced squirrel, it would be spelled S Q U O R L squirrel. I think it'd be like S K W O R L. Squirrel. Daddy, I want a squirrel. A squirrel. Give me that squirrel. It's definitely squirrel. <laughs> like Professor Quirrell. Squirrel. Oh, what an icon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that was a good challenge. So I think we gotta like bang through these pop peeves. I think we gotta like We got a lot of content rant, here. Rant it out. Right. Alright. Uh hang on a minute. What's pissed you off in pop? Pet peeves. 
Yes, but it's pot peeves, not pet peeves. Oh, shit. <laughs> Whatever. It was good. It was catchy. I liked it. Let's go. <laughs> go on, then. Right. All right. Things that are annoying us in pop culture right now, starting with celebrities playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> go. Well, that weren't really a peeve. Oh, my- it peeves me off and I don't even play it. My peeve. My peeve I have at the moment. So basically like, you know, half of the world's population. Um, I'll have to check that figure, but I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Um, before we went into lockdown, I was one of those people who purchased a Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, basically, just so I could play Animal Crossing. Um I thought, you know, I was wondering, I was like, I think I need a console to, like, get me through this. Really, I wanted to play The Sims, but I thought, I'm not going to play a PlayStation. And when I go back up to London and the office is open, if I've got a Nintendo Switch Lite, I can take it to, like, coffee shops, play it there, blah, 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 blah. So practical, so thoughtful. Right. I thought, you know, (laughs) makes sense. I got Animal Crossing. I was super into it for, what? two three weeks yeah Um, like insanely into it like she forgot that we have a business (laughs) yeah insanely into it where I'm just like don't talk to me you know my life is blocked out I need to catch those fucking fish like that was my (laughs) life um and do you know what I'm over it now I'm absolutely over it um always what happens with games I'm still kind of you know, for those of you listening, I'm still in the turnip market. I will still make bank with the turnips. Um, <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what I'm on about, I sound like an absolute mad woman. When um, you first told me about the turnips, I was like, why? What is happening? And do you know what? I just got annoyed because my island looks complete turd compared to everyone else's. No matter how many bells I've got, which is how much money or how much I do, well, instead of dollars or pounds, it's in bells. That's the island's <laughs> money. Naturally. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of over it. I don't know whether it's just me, but it really is. You're just doing mundane tasks when I could just do mundane tasks in real life and clean my bathroom that's gone fluffy. That's why it's so weird that that game even gained popularity in quarantine because like, our lives couldn't possibly be more mundane than they are right now. Yeah. Why would you want to play a mundane game? <laughs> I think at the start it's because you have a lot more challenges. You you like have to gather um like different wood and bash rocks and get different stuff in order to open up a museum and then you have mm. to like get different bugs and fish and fossils and then fill up your museum and then <laughs> this this isn't even even a joke. This is what happens. And then, you know, you have all these different kind of mini tasks within the within the game that you have to complete, but then once you've completed them, it is just basically doing the same tasks over and over again and making your island look pretty. And to be honest with you, I could spend that time actually hoovering my room and not living in a shithole. When can you spend money like in the Kim Kardashian game, you can like spend money to like massively advance yourself? Can you do that? Mm, like real no, money, not bells. No. 
No, I don't think there's no real money involved in it. Another thing that kind of annoys me with it is that it was pitched to me as like, oh, you can, it's so interactive, all of your other friends, you can visit their islands. So I have my friends on there, obviously. There's a shit ton of people who've bought this game. They're just as sad as me. Mm. And then you fly to their island through the airport. You get to their (laughs) island you can basically like whack their trees, take their fruit, totally have a look around, see what they've done with the place, and then bugger off back home. And um, that's kind of it. I thought it was going to be like, I can go to Lucy's Island and I can help her build a mansion and a sandcastle and a dinosaur, I don't know, something amazing. No, you can't do any of that. You literally just walk around, look at what they've done, and then piss off back home. So, like, why, like, I see people talking about, like, Chrissy Teigen's on this, um, that guy from Lord of the Rings is on this. Elijah Wood, yeah. AOC, who you don't know because she's in U.S. politics, is on this. Oh, Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Yeah, what are they doing? They're coming to your island and they can't help you build a mansion? Well, I think the reason these people have come is to do with the turnips. Oh, these fucking turnips. So, so basically, <laughs> there's this little ugly thing. I think her name's Daisy May or something. She comes around on a Sunday morning and you can buy turnips off her. Mm-hmm. You can only get those on a Sunday morning and then you each have a shop on your island uh, and you can sell your turnips there. Now, the price fluctuates every single day. You'll get two prices a day. Why would I want to buy turnips? You buy them to sell them to like flip them. Oh, you're a turnip flipper. Yeah, you're a turnip flipper. So oh, you, get, you get two prices a day, one before 12, one after 12. Um, so say, for example, you buy turnips. Oh, I can't believe we're talking about turnips. You buy turnips in bunches of 10. That's the only way you can buy them. So, for example, I will buy the maximum amount. So I'll spend like, again, the price fluctuates every week. So say you could buy 10 turnips for 95 bells. I'll spend 370,000 bells. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> On turnips, right? Right. And then you'll go to the shop, and these two little twats in there, Timmy and Tommy, they'll be like, "Right, I can buy your turnips today for seventy-five bells." And you'll be like, "Well, that just ain't right because I've spent ninety-five on them." So you need to wait and see. But then there's this whole massive community of people who are posting on Twitter: "My shop is selling bells, um, selling buying turnips for six hundred bells a turnip." Whoa. So, you see, if I've bought them for 95 and they're selling for 600 you can make a shit ton of money. Wow, so this is, like, teaching you the basics of economics. <laughs> Basically, yeah. This is why these celebrities are then going, can I come to your island to sell my turnips? So I made um, 2.5 million bells the other day going to someone's island. Well, shit. And here I was thinking you were poor. <laughs> no, well, not in Bell World. Not in Bell World. I'm rich in bells. All right. This has officially annoyed me deeply as somebody who doesn't play this absolutely absurd game. And I'm glad to hear that you are losing your interest with it. (laughs) I'm just kind of over it. And um, yeah, unless they bring out more sort of updates and other things you can do on there. I'm Mm. just not sure how long the popularity can last. I mean, unless other people, you know, are still into it and it's me, it could be me. I don't know. But I don't know, man. I hate it. And there's another thing that I hate on this list of pop peeves, and that is that people are proposing 
that in the year, uh, well, actually, I don't know if they mean this year or next year, probably next year, the year 2021, because they can't get their shit together fast enough for it to be this year. We, you and me as pop music lovers, aficionados, yep, aficionados will be witnessing concerts in our cars. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel horrible about that. Mm. I can't think of literally anything worse. I mean, I've been to, on Cape Cod, they have, like, one of the last remaining drive-in movie theaters. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool concept. Like, it was fun, sort of. I mean, we would, like, put, like, blankets in the trunk, pop up the trunk, park backwards, and, like, kind of watch it that way. You play the sound through your car speakers. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's a new concept. Do I want to see Taylor Swift that way? No. Do I want to see Harry Styles that way? No. No, 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 no. I've never even been to a drive-in movie or anything like that. I think they, they do have a few here, but it's not a not a big thing. And you need, like, a massive amount of flat, drivable land mm. to be able to do this. I don't even understand the, like, logistics of this idea. Just think about how bad it is when you go to a big stadium show, festival, how bad it is getting out of those parking lots once it's finished. Oh, I have absolutely spent two to three hours trying to get out of the Gillette Stadium parking lot after football games and concerts. Been quicker for you to walk home from there. Literally. (laughs) No lie. (laughs) So yeah, no, it sounds like an absolutely dreadful idea. And I mean, I understand that they're desperate to get concerts going again. And I understand that we as concert goers are desperate to go to concerts again, but this is not it. I just, I don't see how this can be a thing. Haven't they already done one in, I think it was Berlin, where they had a car rave or something like that? I mean, I can't imagine that the people who attend a rave are the right demographic to actually be driving. Um, <laughs> no. So, I mean, to me, oh, it just sounds... that's a great point. You can't get drunk. You can't get drunk. I mean, what you, I mean... How does it work? Do you physically have to stay in the confines of your car? Can you go out to the toilet? Can you dance? Are you allowed around the edge of your car if you have six feet between everyone? Are you... How does this work? I don't know, because I'm sure, like, part of their worry is the artists themselves Mm. contracting the virus. Yeah. You know, if they're playing in front of a giant crowd, um, I mean, obviously, in, in, like, a stadium show, you have a bit more space. But, like, if you're at, like, a House of Blues, you know you're breathing the same air as all your disgusting comments. This is another good point. If you're looking at it in terms of um, capacity in venues, yeah, okay, if you have a house of blues and you have, I mean, I don't know what the capacity is, say like five, 600 people. Yeah, there's 500, 500 people stood in that room. But what if each one of those is in a separate car? You're going to need a hell of a big space for 500 cars. Yeah, really big space. It just makes no sense. I don't see this happening. I think they're no. just trying to make us believe that they're working on a plan. No, and to be honest with you, if I had the choice of seeing Taylor Swift sat in my mini, then nah, probably wouldn't bother. Mm-mm. Just see her on TV. Imagine if I pull up in my mini behind a massive pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would I'd be, be like oh my god right. <laughs> no that would not work that is how I feel when I'm stood behind someone like you at a concert uh, sorry about that <laughs> she's tall she's tall um, alright another pop peeve 
would be bad coronavirus merchandise. I, right. I, there's two sides to this. And I understand that artists don't want to be seen to be profiting off of a pandemic. Okay, that would be shit. I understand that. But most of the merchandise that is coming out is, you know, the profits are being donated to charities that help, whether it's directly related to sort of health charities or food banks or something that is helping people in the community. I get it. But if Harry Styles is giving me a t-shirt that says, this t-shirt helps people of (laughs) COVID-19 in a font that looks like they've done it on paint, I will not be paying for that. If Harry Styles made a face mask that said, treat people with kindness, I would be buying 50 of them. Yes. I don't understand where, I mean, to be honest, his merch regularly sucks. Yeah. As someone who really builds himself as a fashion icon, Uh he has the worst merchandise of like any pop person that I know right now. Yeah. So the t-shirt is not a massive surprise, but my God, is it bad? (laughs) Who else has done bad merch that is Corona related? I mean, I've only seen Harry's. I know. I can't. I'm not really sure. I've seen on Facebook like carousel ads, and I'm not sure if they're like legitimate merch or not. But like a lot of um, Bieber, like Grande, them have put like their typical kind of like merch stuff just mm. on a mask, like on a fabric mask you can buy. Oh yeah, I'm, like, yeah. that's really all he had to do. Yeah, that is literally all he had to do. Okay, so Liam hasn't done any. I don't think Niall's done any. No, like Liam's been a very good boy going to food banks, wearing his little blue mask and packing boxes. And Niall's been donating to charities really quietly and saying that he doesn't want anybody to like, you know, give him press for that. Like he's just doing it because he's a good boy. Yeah. And then we have Harry giving us not speaking. The boy has not, you know, spoken at all as mm-hmm. usual and just giving us this horrible, horrible, this t-shirt fights COVID-19 t-shirt no this t-shirt does not fight COVID-19 nurses and doctors fight COVID-19 like that is not only an ugly t-shirt but it is also insulting to our healthcare workers yeah yeah I've got nothing else to say about that I just feel like that was a bad move from his team yeah I think we we wanted this to be about bad coronavirus merch in general but he is just really the key offender here yeah I'm sorry we haven't done more research into this topic but we are really just pointing the finger at them yeah. So I wanted to talk about Elon Musk. I don't like talking about him, but I felt like I needed to just briefly mention, first of all, you know, we all know he had a baby with Grimes. Did you know that they were together? Did you know that she was pregnant? That went totally under my radar. What? Oh, no, I knew that. But oh, one geez, thing me, I, guess. I wanted to um, raise is, has he always been a twat? Because I to be honest, didn't know much about Elon Musk before his um, outburst recently. Um, I just thought, you know, he um, heads up Tesla. They make good cars. I can't afford one, but I would like one. Yeah, I mean, he's like 
made good things for the environment, but I don't know. He's just, I don't know what makes really, really rich people think that their opinions matter more than other people. Obviously, the biggest talking point is this child's name, right? Yes. So they came online after the child was born and said that its name is the letter X, the symbol that combines the A and the E vowels, kind of, they're like smushed together. Yeah. And then A hyphen 12, A dash 1, 2. And they were like, our beautiful baby, X A E A dash 1, 2. And everybody's like, what? what in the actual fuck is this fuckery? Like, this is just outrageous what rich people do. Can I just say, as someone with a name that's not common, it's really upsetting when you can't find your name on a key ring as a child. And this person is never (laughs) going to find XAEA-12 on a key ring. No, no, no Disney World key ring for them. No. You're never going to find that. No pencil, no key (laughs) ring, no magnet, nothing. They're fucked. I don't even know how they're going to fill that out on, like, a driver's license form. (laughs) Good luck. So, anyways, I was on TikTok, as you do, and there was a guy who explained what he thinks this name actually is, and he thinks it's Kyle. Kyle? I thought they had a girl. Well, Kyle can be a girl's name. Can it? Yeah. Oh, okay. So... He thinks it's Kyle. This was his explanation. The X is the first um, letter, which is the symbol for Kai. And then the A-E is pronounced I, like your eyeball. Yeah. And then A-12 is the 12th letter of the alphabet, which is L. And when you combine that, Kai, I, L, Kyle. I hate it. I don't know if it's true, but I I love the explanation. (laughs) I like that someone's gone to that amount of effort to try and decipher how to pronounce this name. Yeah. But, I mean, this kid is never going to grow up in a normal environment with those parents, is it? No, I mean, baby was born in the back of a Tesla, right? Seriously? Well, I didn't know that. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Oh, (laughs) I thought that they had, you know, the new Tesla SUV. They've just put a birthing pool in the back of it. And she's like... I mean, they could have done. Popped it out there in, like, bloody... I don't know. (laughs) Well, I think that about wraps up Pop Peeves, don't you? Sure. (laughs) Woo! Got me raging. Wow, yeah. I'm absolutely fuming. Only 17% battery left. Battery? Battery. (laughs) Why did you say it like that? Battery. I have no idea. Battery left. (laughs) I was hoping you would have noticed. Oh, I noticed. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) All right, why don't you give us an outro? All right. So that about wraps it up for um, episode two. Um, I hope you liked everything that we chatted shit about. Um, And... You know, we'll be back for episode three. What are we going to do this? Monthly? Bi-weekly? Yeah, something like that. We'll see how we roll. We'll see how this lockdown goes. So if you liked it, follow us. Hit that subscribe button. Tweet us. Send us nudes. Do whatever you want. uh, And we will see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) She's Verity Harris. I'm Jackie Colgraff. This was United by Pops Pandemonium Podcast. Goodbye. 
God, we are so good at this. Thank you.